Welcome to You, you Need, Need to, to See this. this, a film podcast about filling in the gaps of our collective cinematic experience. I'm Luce Tomlin Brunner, and I'm joined by my co hosts, Nick Asunto, and me, Cozy Orlin. Hi. We're comedians and writers and filmmakers and film lovers. Each week, we pick a film at least one of us has seen and at least one of us has never seen. Then we try to convince each other and you that it's worth your time. We'll cover everything from lesser known art art house indies to how did you miss this blockbusters. And hold on to your butts. We do it all with no spoilers. With us today, we have a very special guest. It's Amy Spaulding. So Amy is an author of several young adult novels, including Kissing Ted Callahan and other guys, and The Summer of Jordi Perez. However, today we are talking about her new book, We Used to Be Friends, because it was just released. Amy, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Very happy that you're here. I'm excited to be talking about this movie. Uh, (laughs) Yes, well, okay, so today's film that we're discussing is Amy's pick, 1990s Misery, which is also one of my favorite movies. Never seen it. Nick, you've never seen it either. No, I've seen uh, clips of it, the Simpsons references yeah, to it. parodies constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. we've all lived the parodies. Uh, we haven't lived them, but... <laughs> so no, the I really no. hope you haven't lived them. <laughs> I imagine been, that wouldn't be fun. I've been tied to a bed and had my foot chopped off. Oh, um, no. Your foot's looking so good now. Thank you, it grew back. The <laughs> wonders of medical science. Uh, Pete, have you seen Misery? He has not seen Misery. Um, All right. Well, before we get into that, uh, Amy, tell us a little bit about your book that just came out. Sure. My new book's called We Used to Be Friends. It's a young adult novel. It is about two girls who've been best friends since kindergarten, Kat and James. But it's their senior year and, you know, things are changing. Their priorities are shifting. And spoiler alert from the title, (laughs) We Used to Be Friends and the cover where two girls are walking away from each other. By the end of the year, they're not going to be best friends anymore. No. But it's not really a spoiler because the book is told backward and forward. So James's point of view goes from the end to the beginning. Ooh. And Kat's goes from the beginning to the end. And so you already know when you start the book that they're not friends anymore. But then you're like, what happened? Wow. Why would she even be friends with this terrible girl? And then you go back in time and you're like, oh, that's nice. I like that architecture. I, mean, I, hope, I, hope, yeah, very I will cool. say the architecture was, I'm using air quotes, inspired by... <laughs> The musical, the last five years. If any of you guys, are oh familiar yeah, with yeah. that, you Which, know it. I haven't I know seen the last it. Five years. I don't even know it. <laughs> oh geez. Oh, Sam, Pete is horrified. Look at that theater major college. I know my so musicals. Yeah. <laughs> I love musicals. So it also, it's like about a divorce, like a relationship ending in divorce, mm. but it also goes backward and forward. And I thought, like, oh, it'd be an interesting way to dig into a friendship. And also because I didn't want it to be. Like, I feel like if it's a story from one person's point of view, this Ooh. movie, you know, there's a villain and a good, like, a yeah. good guy. That my story i hope is more nuanced than than that um as far as who's bad and who's good so i wanted like both girls to be right and both girls to be wrong especially because i feel like the worst friend breakups it's like not because someone's terrible it's because you're like i'm going through something and you just don't get it but then later you're like i guess they were probably going through shit too yeah it's like you're growing yeah and when you're young and you don't know how to i feel like when like you take things really personally and like you like get a little more maturity and some therapy maybe and you have other relationships and you're like oh sometimes people are just different it doesn't mean that they're assholes <laughs> yeah and it's really mm. difficult I think especially like female friendships are really romantic mm. like they're very similar yes. to um, like intimate relationships and sometimes more because you know like I feel like when you're in a romantic relationship especially at the beginning you're still like you're holding back parts of yourself you're like don't look at my bad stuff but like in a friendship you're like oh here's all yes. my bad stuff like they know everything from the jump too yeah. you're, oh my god from like the first time you're like they my, saw you do everything embarrassing like they yeah, knew that like, wasn't happened like of two of my like closest closest best friends like one knew me at like 13 so mm. she's got dirt on yeah. like what a dumb dumb I was then <laughs> and one met me on like a musical theater message board on AOL so like <laughs> You know, they know stuff. Yeah, they and saw now your insides all of you first. know stuff, too. Um, <laughs> oh, so everyone's friends now. Good. Perfect. Great. But yeah, like, they know everything. And so then when it splits, it's like, it, it can feel so, so devastating and shattering. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, even though I've mainly just written romantic comedies in the past, I shouldn't say just, I love romantic comedies, <laughs> but I really wanted to dive into kind of the... And just, like, the ugly side of that and how you can, like, love someone and also be like, fuck you, stop talking. I hate the words that come out of your mouth. Uh, Teenage friendship breakups are so devastating. I had uh, one that went south and we're 
oh, it never got we like rekindled, but it never was the same again. I I have been really lucky with like two of my worst ones are literally the two people I just mentioned. We took some years off. I think we all got some therapy and some other stuff. And turns out, like, we're all good now. Oh, That's cool. Yeah, when you say take years off, did you not talk at all during yes. that time? Yeah. Wow. Sure. But also, like, I'm, I think, older than all of you. There was no social media when our friend breakups were happening. Like, when I was in high school, it was oh, the mid-90s. Yeah. So, like, yeah. there was not even really the internet in as far as how we know it now. So, you, someone could, like, you can't really disappear now. No. There's people I hate that occasionally I have to be like, congratulations on this achievement of yours. Because, like, they're. Fine, do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 like, definitely. They know you see them. So you have to be like, good work. Yeah. But, like, back then, you could just, like, never see someone again. Um, so. Yeah, they so, fight yeah. in the background. Oh, it was devastating when you did, and you're in, like, a stop and shop or a super. Oh, that's my God, East Coast. Never a good time. Right. Yes. And, you turn, and you turn the corner, and you're like. <laughs> No, there was a girl, well, this was a friend breakup that, like, it was a quick, like, they were cool, and then they turned on me, and it was, like, just over the course of, like, two years, mm. and she, I would, when I worked at the video store in my hometown, she came in with her then boyfriend and locked eyes with me, and she was like, fuck no, and, like, turned around <laughs> and, like, walked out again. Holy shit. Uh, she was, she, she, she was uh, shitty to me, so, yeah. but I was just oh, like, God. well, that's fine, because I agree. Like, I also <laughs> didn't want to help you find whatever. Well, I did a, con I was um, at a convention, like, two years ago, and this girl had, a, like, a, like, repeated friend breakup. Like, every time I'd be like, you're cool, and then we'd be, and I'd be like, no, oh, bad no. And I hadn't oh. seen her, I want to say, in about 10 years, and she oh was gosh. at the convention Whoa. and, like, found me at my booth, and I was like, <laughs> oh, it's weird running into you. She goes, well, the convention retweeted you, and I came over and found you, and I was like, "Oh, I'm uncomfortable." So yeah. she wanted to. She see wanted you. to see me, and I, time. I just kept thinking, "Well, I guess there's other ways." You, I, I was so uncomfortable, and everyone, like everyone I was working with, was just like, "You look horrified." I'm like. <laughs> don't say that in front of her but i ain't like i yeah. am for totally unrelated and then reasons i just kept being like it's hard when like your whole social media is like come see me do this thing yeah. come to my panel but not but you but not you yeah. oh that's a hard one to pull off yeah, people that i don't know specifically come see this yeah. people, people i do know ask me stay first away. Yeah. if you think this message is for you it's definitely not kimberly yeah <laughs> My name's Grace, so that's accurate. <laughs> I love the idea of having just a list of people who shouldn't go after every social media post. Yeah, just like the, the following. <laughs> the subtweet of oh each God. one. The people this does not apply to <laughs> include, but are not limited to. Oh, that's insurance in some way or another, definitely. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, wow, I was already very interested in your book, and now I want to read it even more. <laughs> I feel like it'll help heal some of my wounds Ooh. that's what pe i've actually had because the thing is it's about teenagers but i've had a lot of women in their 20s and 30s be like actually this was really cathartic for me and i feel a lot better so I'm yeah like, oh, thank god because like, we're I all like holding our teenage selves with us yeah. trying to soothe her there are so many things that we will never learn how to do as people because they just don't get taught to us mm -hmm. and oh god yeah so they just kind of hang on from childhood and well, teenagehood was i was not, not prepared for adult because life. i feel like people do kind of I mean, we still all, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I'm going to assume we all screw up with like romantic relationships. That stuff's hard. Mm. But I feel like we as a society have agreed that that's hard. Yeah. We're like, it's hard to date. It's hard to like have one of those like conversations like, where do you see this going? It's hard to like decide if you want to be in something sometimes. It's totally. not so cut and dry, but we talk about it. Yeah. There's shows about it. There's songs about it. All There's ours. like <laughs> podcast about it. Yeah. But like Never ends, who yeah. is talking about friend breakups even though as I feel like we all just learned about each other, they're still happening even now. Exactly. Oh god, I just I just got back together with a friend. Oh yeah. To, so yeah. to speak. I we had we had a year not all talking. A part of it. Yeah, yeah I, I was hoping for that for so long. I was like, I want them to be back together. They're so great. We we had a we had a friend breakup. Yeah. But Just, no, I mean know? it's a real thing and, and show I find a thing frustrating now because I think we're so behind uh women's representation on television. Mm. So like all of our representation now is so positive, which is great, but also it's like all these buddies like girl buddy things and I'm like mm. no, I know I want <laughs> one about friends falling apart oh, the sure. funny thing too is that was one so when i was writing this it was like when i started it, it was like early mid 2016 so i was like look women we got it together we can talk about the gross falling stuff apart yeah. we're about to take the presidency oh, no. and like oh, there's God. such positive representation sure. it's time to get into the dark the shit, shit. Yeah. and then Turns out things did not go the way I thought they were going to go. Yeah. And so then I was like, I the feel dark time. I felt <laughs> like it was then weird to be like, 
oh, I don't really want to talk about ugliness or everything's ugly. Yeah. But actually, it was really nice to get into like real ugliness versus sort yes. of like gross, like sexist ugliness. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. No, because it's the full, it's the entirety of who you are. And like yes. part of building uh, a representation for women and all my like, uh, um, like marginalized voices is seeing people as their whole selves and not just like our go girl selves. <laughs> oh my God, it's like, so true. All positive because positive doesn't necessarily mean empowering mm. if you're ignoring like the full embodiment of one's lived experience. Yeah, it's like we're all three-dimensional humans. Like, right. Let's talk about all of and that. And like right now there's just a lot of empowerment and a lot of like triumph over trauma. And yes. I don't like, I'm done with triumph over trauma. I have no room for it with people, for people of color or for the gay community. Like I just am sick like, of like. If I perform how hard it's been, will you give me rights then? It's like, oh, yeah. or maybe just people get rights. Is that cool? You might get an Oscar, but only if you perform about how hard you have it. I was it. Oh thinking of it like a, like a scale tipping, like, like oh, we got we fucked up. We better load on all this positive. And then it like right. goes the other way. And they're like, oh, fuck, we got to go back. And they could just sure. never just balance it out. Yeah. It's always just all over the place. Yeah. yeah. They Look lean into people like human fun. beings is always impossible for so many people. Oh, it's such a bummer. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and you know what I love about misery? <laughs> segue wait, alert. Did, wait, did someone, good segue say, alert. did someone say misery? Was that the Whoa. thing? <laughs> we need a segue alarm for when there's a good oh, wait, segue. Let me try again. You know, it makes me feel really miserable when people don't have that sort of uh, representation. Two on the nose. And, eh. Yeah, see, mine was much better because I was ah. about to say, I love the lead character in Misery, Annie Wilkes, because she's a complicated mm. woman. Um, What's your last name? Wilkes. Yes. Oh, correct. I thought you said Wokes, and I was like, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Wokes. Oh, Annie Wokes a lot. <laughs> Annie Wokes is such a funny character name that someone in this room please use it for something. Will do. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, here comes Annie Wokes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Just like every Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a person too. <laughs> um, okay, well, we're going to get into misery here. Um, just some basics about it. It was directed by Rob Reiner, fresh off of One Harry Met Sally. I didn't know this was a Rob Reiner film. Yes. Oh, I was yeah. just laying in bed thinking about Rob Reiner films last night. I swear to God, this is. I, <laughs> I was like, like you added films, as I really wish you would have said. I was <laughs> laying in bed thinking about Rob Reiner, and he's like I mean, a squeezable little, little face. Well, I got there because I was like going from Mel Brooks, and then I was going to Carl, and, sure. then, and then I and then I ended up on Rob, and I was like, wow, the Princess Bride when Harry met Sally, wow. and like going through his films, totally skipped Misery. So. It went Princess Bride when Harry met Sally, and then the year after when Harry met Sally is when he made Misery. Jeez, you really got to counter off it. Counterbalance. Yeah. So, uh, well, and what's interesting about that is he, this was him working in a new genre, but he'd actually worked with Stephen King material before because Stand by Me. Stand by Me was before Princess Bride and after Spinal Tap. So, uh, and the thing about that is it's actually one of the reasons that this even got made. So uh, in the late 80s, a lot of the Stephen King movies weren't getting good reception. Like he was like really pissed still as Stanley Kubrick and The Shining. And he liked Pet Cemetery, but I think he didn't love Pet Cemetery. That's how everybody feels about Pet Cemetery. I think it gets a bad rap, but yes. Seen it. <laughs> it's not like a great film, but it's, you know, it's a fun I also find his film. reaction to Kubrick's The Shining so bizarre because it's like the world's like the best and he's like terrible. I, I kind of can like relate to it as like I a former too. college radio station DJ and I'm like this popular thing, I would never. <laughs> and just like when you're the author of the original thing, like, I, hey, anyone listening, I'd love to have a movie made one of my books. <laughs> I promise I won't hate you. It would be super weird if it's like someone like does their own thing entirely and you're like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really the point I was trying to make. Like oh. it's just really fascinating right and it has your title it has your title but none of the heart and like none of the point yeah it's really and i just i find it i find his reaction to it really fascinating Mm. i love that he's never let it go because he's like this is heartless and cold and i was trying to say something about like addiction and family and like the complicated abuse in in like family dynamics and the cycles of abuse i think it's probably a little bit everybody hated the shining when it came out it didn't get that cult following and now it's considered a classic but everybody really? hated it when it was released. Yeah, critics hated The Shining. Critics hated really? it? Yes. My parents saw and it in the theater I bet and Stephen King was loved like, it. Defensive. My mom is constantly I telling me how <laughs> there was some made-for-TV <laughs> version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rose Red. Stephen, Stephen Weber, Weber was Jack Torrance. my Torrens. mom 
if anyone brings up The Shining, my mom's like, oh, Steven Weber's such a better actor than uh, Jack Nicholson. I love and it. I'm like, you realize that she's like pe- president of the Wings fan club. You away for saying that. That's an insane thing to say. But Wings. She's like, I, I just mean this role. He's more appropriate for the character. Like, she has a whole thing. I, I kind of want to talk. Can we get I've your mom there. in well, that's the what, studio? I had a, my roommate and in Miss Spalding. <laughs> he would say, it's Rose Red. He would say, it's a better adaptation of The Shining. And I he, love it. I like oh, Rose Red. I think Stephen King wrote all the episodes on that or something right or you EP'd it for sure uh yes I think it's if you want like do you want a, a faithful adaptation or do you want a film in and of itself mm. because I think that's the adaptation mm. struggle in general and as a writer yes. you don't want your shit taken and toyed with in that right, way that like, I, I always it's so easy for me to say this because again nothing has happened yet but I'm always like you know what I wouldn't be precious about it I understand scripts and films are a different medium but like <laughs> let's be real if someone was just like Whoop, I'd be like what <laughs> I think too because film ends up like replacing people's knowledge of mm. the story and yeah. it's like yes. how many people have even oh. read all of Stephen and, King's work because they're all such long tomes and that's part of your issue with remakes and yes. themselves in general yes I mean I'm not the person who's going to be online about the remakes the way others are but oh, yeah, yeah I don't sure. like remakes mostly because I feel that they replace in people's minds and they don't make the effort to watch like 1960s The Haunting because they'll just be like oh yeah you mean the one with Liam uh, Neeson yeah, and Catherine, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Zeta-Jones like no and Owen Wilson getting his head cut off in the background with the t- with the large pendulum yeah yeah I did spoil The Haunting didn't I just no, no. I don't think if you haven't seen I mean probably like 1999 <laughs> so PG-13 version of The Haunting bloodless decapitation <laughs> it's in the background though. of the scene that's what makes it so funny it's like they don't even show it like he's kind of blurry and just there and you just see whoop you know what and speaking of all of that is that <laughs> it's Shirley Jackson's <laughs> fucking book I love it. and who's read it other than me give me a prize everyone <laughs> I didn't even realize that that makes me feel very bad. Wow. Yeah. I have to ask you to leave now. I know. <laughs> Stripping you of your so author quickly. laurels. <laughs> People are always like, well, Amy, get my day job. Anything comes up about the, a book, any book, and everyone's like, well, Amy's clearly the best read in the room. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm, I have a marketing degree. I'm not probably like, the best read. Get the book read. girl in here. I'm like, do you have a question about a young adult novel? I probably know the answer. <laughs> Anything else? Maybe not. God, I'm the opposite of that with improv. Whenever anyone talks about comedy or improv stuff in my office, I'm like, here, I'm right over here. Remember? Uh, God damn it. Like, ignore oh, him. Comedy, Nobody right? look at him. Nobody look at him. Yeah. Oh, it happens a lot. <laughs> He'll put his hand down eventually. <laughs> I love the idea of you just walking around very offices just being like, did I hear someone say improv? Oh, that's me to a T. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the reason that uh, Rob Reiner got to make Misery is because Stephen King loved his adaptation of Stand By Me mm. and he trusted him with it. So despite having like otherwise a rough track record, other filmmakers with Stephen King's work in the 80s, he was like, all right, the only reason this can get made is because of Rob Reiner. H- how cool must it feel to be the filmmaker who's like, Stephen King trusts me. Yeah. You know, walking Seriously. around town. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he liked this adaptation and I think it's a really faithful adaptation and the changes that are made are good changes. Has anyone read the book? Oh, I did. I read the book like the year the movie came out. Okay, so, it's been so like, 1990. Let's do the 30, math. That's nearly so, the 30 like years. 30 years. Yeah, so it's the I 30 year not, anniversary of this movie. Like, I remember when we were all like too young to go see. Was this PG 13 or no? R? It's R. R. Hard yeah. R. Back in the day, where you were too young to see our movies, I feel like a lot of times we like all read the books. Yes, because they were always like at Walmart. You could like mm-hmm. get them very easily. They were like those like mass yeah, market. Yeah, the sticker with so, based like, on the feature. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, so like we would like read the books of the rated R movies. So then my maybe by the time it came out on VHS, <laughs> like our parents would let us rent it. We, I do. Re- huh. I was allowed to rent this movie. Which, when you read what year this came out, I was like, that is extreme. I it was thirteen. Is that the right age to see Misery? I'm not sure, in retrospect. I don't think I saw it until I was like 18 or 19, yeah, probably. Yeah, that feels more appropriate. College is when I watched it. But I did read it when I was like 14, yeah. I think. Because my we lived like right next to our public library. And so that's, I rented. I rented? Oh, no. I checked out every Stephen King book from the library. I read all of Fear Street. I read all of Goosebumps and then all of Fear Street. And then I went right into Stephen King. I oh, love yeah, it. I did the that's Fear great. Street. I did the Goosebumps and I then I... I did- I don't know you what did I did. no Fear Street? All the Fear Street series did. is just abusive boyfriends. Oh, no. And then, like, 
dead I, cheerleaders. I went to like Bruce, Bruce Koval stuff. That's Who's what I started reading. R.L. Stein. I was thinking. Yeah. Those are so. Did you yeah. read Christopher Pike books too? You know, I never crossed over into Christopher Pike. Because I feel like that was a good Isn't that in strange? between. I never because tried. Because they were it. like, there was definitely I'm like just... weird fucked up murder in it, but it was not <laughs> quite as like our. It was not like Stephen King level. You know. Right. Yeah. No, I weirdly went from. Um, but the R.L. Stein to Stephen King made sense because there really were so. I've reread a lot of the. Fear Street as an adult and there's so it's just abusive boyfriends being like my mummy left me and now I hate all women oh lord god yeah uh, what do you Nick, got what did sound oh, mind oh I was, I was like Christopher Pike the original captain of the USS Enterprise that's, that's all I that's <laughs> I was like he's an author oh my wait goodness. a minute that's a fiction world that's just sorry where my amazing. he did similar books to, to uh, R.L. Stein stuff that was go. like the okay. beach party I was gonna say oh. they were like beach party murder or things like that yeah yeah, yeah exactly I, I went, is that like went, Amy Adams first movie uh, if, no, if that's Junebug. Oh, no, no, I she's like a, she has a small role in like some murder beach party film. She really? has a small role in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Ooh. Amy Are you Adams is great. Psycho Beach Party because that's Lauren that. She's an American treasure, and everyone who she's not the leader. Anything, she just has a very tiny role, but it's definitely. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Amy that I'm thinking of. I just don't know the movie. Oh sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, after those books, I ended up in uh, fantasy instead of uh, instead of any other like deeper horror. Oh yeah, I was like reading that. Lord of the Rings in high school. Yeah, and... I feel like we all just ended up in different versions. Of dorks. Oh. We're dorks. I yeah, tried. I like we have the emotionally good. mature on this side of the table no, <laughs> to paint everybody at home. All the fantasy. Was I, like I tried I every fan, and I was just like, I no, opened. It's I, not got, for me. I couldn't even do animorphs, and people. Oh, I loved animorphs. I ate animorphs like after my time. A lot of people were super into those. I Google search Christopher, Christopher Pike, Pike and, and you just got just a bunch of you got Bruce. Uh, <laughs> That's very funny. Bruce Green. Uh, yeah, but I'm trying the Christopher Pike clearly, novels. But also yeah, serious author of the Beach but also Party like murders. you did an image search, so yes. Oh, that color scheme. <laughs> yeah, um, hot pink. Christopher and neon Pike green. books were Ooh, amazing looking, yeah. and I don't know why I didn't pick them up. I've done that graphic design before. I love throwing a color on a color like that. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite. That's how scrawled. all our stuff looked like back then. Amazing. Like. Yeah. Oh, That's why I guess we it. all still like it because of their yeah. Uh, Road to oh. Nowhere, Wicked Heart. Mm. Yes. Bury Me Deep. Bury Me Deep is such a good title. <laughs> yes. See, monster. It's also like, it sounds like a filthy song title too. Yeah, or like a, a filthy porno. Oh my. A um, filthy porno. I no, I only watched the clean ones. <laughs> I think the scariest books that I went into in childhood was Bonicula, which I just saw in your bag in the. Uh, yes, I have a Bonicula yeah. tote bag. I was so excited oh, about that. God. That's horror for me as a kid. I yeah. was like, oh so, no, a that bunny might have been the first thing me? that turned me on to it because that was amazing. That book in the library scared me so much. So oh my God, good. I remember that being so scary. Yeah, with the glowing yes. red eyes. Oh, so good. And that and like scary stories to tell in the dark or whatever. You that know, was those, like yeah. after that was a graduated. Sure. I I think that was my, it was like binoculars, scary stories to tell in the dark, goosebumps, and then it went off from there. That sounds right for an order. I made the mistake of jumping into Spawn comics. Have you ever read those? And uh, I I found one as a six-year-old, and I cried so much, my mom made my brother throw them all away, because they were, it was so horrifying. Wow. They were so, just like, the pictures were just so gruesome, and I just ran and cried. I'm like, this ice cream man kills kids, and he puts their fingers in lollipops and then feeds them back to kids. And it's like, it was all, like, images. early education. Yeah, yeah. I had some of that with anime, where people were cutting giant worms in half, and there was just blood. And I was like, why am I allowed to watch this? Oh, my God. Once I opened up, I used to uh, get pictures cat books from the library that were just like picture books of photo- photographs of cats. Oh my, I'm <laughs> Black so and white sorry. Or color. That sounds so terrifrying. No, listen. You've gone uh, through so much. Color. <laughs> the first, I've done this all the time, but I had gotten a new book and I opened the first page and the first page was this cat like aggressively yawning with its teeth out and its eyes all slit <laughs> oh. and it was the scariest picture I'd ever seen Amazing. and I like <laughs> screamed and threw it across the oh, room no. and my parents like, I was like, <laughs> how old are you? 24, 25? <laughs> <laughs> and my parents came to my college door. Uh, well, I, I was probably like, uh, I was like, probably like seven, maybe mm-hmm. seven, Aww. six or seven. My parents came up to my room and I was like, there's a scary cat in this oh. book. And they're like, okay. And they opened it and they're like, oh no, that is scary. And they took it back to the library and I never looked at another picture book of cats again. Oh, that's I like, do like that oh. your parents validated it. That they that were like, nice. oh, never. This is oh, too much for any of us. Yes, she was yeah, right. Yeah, because I've asked them since. They're like, 
revisited that because I wanted to talk about it on stage. Sure, and they're like, yeah, that was a scary picture. I don't know why it was in that picture. Oh, of like, Otherwise, it was like cats in fields of daisies, you uh, know? <laughs> so weird. Also, be like, let's catch people with this photo. It's like, why? Yeah, it was like the start. very first one after the title <laughs> page. Terrible. By the way, I took out books like that and just like maybe like a medical reference book on cats. <laughs> Anything that might have photos of cats in it totally oh. took it out of the library as a kid. That's what we did without the internet, everybody. Yeah, yeah I guess it's that's true. What it is. I'm like, I need pictures of cats immediately. And yeah. I like, lived in a really small town. Like, the library was really... You're just, like, running out of options, you know? Oh, absolutely. Sure, it's of like... course. I used to flip through my dad's dictionary, uh, look for black and white photos from 1954 of cute animals, like the Aye and the Hyrax. Aw, and, and then that you were really learning great. about different animals. Cute. I really kind of was learning But also disappointing that you didn't put them in alphabetical order. What was that? It's disappointing that you didn't put him in alphabetical order when you were going through the encyclopedia. Oh, no, 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 just dictionary. It was Dude, already yeah, there. It was one, one book. <laughs> I didn't have options. I love the idea of a dictionary that's only like, this is A for the dictionary. You know, speaking like of one small great writers, the screenwriter of Misery. Hey, we're Thank back you. on we topic. <laughs> well done. Um, oh. You're going to like this, Nick. It's uh, William Goldman, who is a prolific screenwriter, what? who also wrote The Princess Bride. What? Yeah, and uh, later on, adapted King's books, Dreamcatcher and Hearts in Atlantis. I will stand by Dreamcatcher as like a Dreamcatcher. uniquely weird movie. I, I was, would watch it again. I, was I so don't sad remember to see. liking it. I CGI so sucks. To, I'm so sad Sorry. to see Jason Lee, the reason I went to see that, die immediately. And oh, so it's, not even a it's like an hour point, and a right? half was, in, Cozy. I, like, I, he, well, okay, he was the first to die for me. It of the four, yeah, but it's like really deep in the film. Really? Yeah. Maybe I was upset because I didn't want to see him die at all. Yeah, because he'd survive forever. That was like his follow-up to Kevin Smith films. It's yeah. Like, this is my first serious role. Yeah, I think he was in Almost Famous before that, and then... Yeah. He's also... Famous. Really? Yeah. Now this does feel like a spoiler. I'm sorry, people haven't seen Dreamcatcher. Yet. Listen, if you Jason haven't Lee seen died. Dreamcatcher, it's because you do not care, so you will never see it. Yeah, it's I know. Such a I haven't seen it. I'm like, it's fine. I yeah, can't, I can't do that because I'll I speak seen for so all many the movies. people who haven't seen it. No, yeah, I'm a huge Stephen really King yeah. fan, and I've never. I watched it like sort of. Mm -hmm. I feel like I watched it and made out through it because I was like, not mm -hmm. for me. I dig <laughs> it. I've watched it a good four or five times. Wow. I dig it. Yeah. You kind of make me want to revisit it because this is like the third time you and I have talked about Dreamcatcher. <laughs> it comes like, up. It's yeah. not amazing, but I like it. Go back to that it's night not, I was yeah. making out while it was on TV and be like, future you, we'll talk about this constantly. Oh, That's God. the thing. I really like Stephen King's stories and I'll watch almost any film about it. I just, because I don't like reading his books because I don't have I the attention span for his writing. Oh. I know. That's how I feel yeah. about Lord of the Rings. Oh, fuck you, Cozy. <laughs> I well, read the Hobbit how like, do you guys nah. feel about James Different Khan? Different writing style. James Khan yeah. is the male star of Misery. Um, something that I, so I watched Elf every Christmas because of course. Sure. Um, and I haven't watched Elf and Misery so close together before until this moment. I watched Elf on <laughs> Christmas. And then I watched it so like four weeks later. Um he does almost the exact same role. Weird. I've never like, seen him be different. Everything around him is different, but his uh, reaction to events is exactly the same. And I was like, is James Conn <laughs> not a good actor, He's but has gravitas? <laughs> He's not a character actor at all. Like, I don't think he gets into any emotions ever. He's just like, well, I don't like this at all. And then his forehead gets crinkly. Yeah. That's like the old man role in everything. That's why he won the, kind did he win the Oscar for Godfather? Uh, or is he just nominated? You know, I didn't look into his history because the Oscar winner of Misery is Kathy Bates. Uh, Kathy Bates uh, is the star Annie Annie Wokes, um, <laughs> and she won the Oscar for Best Actress, which is really saying something because she's only one of four women who have ever won an Oscar for a horror movie, and Jeez. one of six people total who's won for horror performances. So oh, wow. Frederick March won for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1931. Uh, Ruth Gordon won for Rosemary's Baby in 1968. Then Kathy Bates. So she was the third person to win for horror. It's a long gap. Yeah. And then Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster both won for yeah. Silence of the Lambs, which mm -hmm. is kind of more like a crime yeah, thriller. That's a, yeah. But I always counted on this list. And then Natalie right. Portman won Best Actress for Black, Black Swan. Swan. Mm. I wouldn't even count which Black is, Swan as horror. No, oh, no. What? But I think Black Swan's one of the scariest movies right. I've ever seen. I wouldn't, seen. but I'm like, but it it's is? serious body it's, horror. Yeah. When she turns into the swan, it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen I've before. Her knees buckle backwards. <laughs> They're I not really that spoilers. Terrifying. I feel like that's all in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. I never, no, I'm just kidding. Did you guys see it in the theater? Yeah. I did. It's, I, t I told oh. you, like, I forgot I existed while watching that movie. I, so it's so entrancing. Oh the uh, theater I saw I in that. the bathroom had a ton of mirrors, and I almost had a breakdown just trying <laughs> to go to the bathroom. Because oh, I was like, no. 
I can't trust any images. <laughs> yeah, I was really freaked out. One of my biggest fears is also portraits coming to life, and there's oh, such geez. a big scene where that happens in the climax. I felt like that's the whole movie was constructed to terrify me specifically. It is weird when you're like, here's a thing that really bothers specifically me, and then you see that like I'm very afraid of like glass breaking out of aquariums and like fish like just oh well I that's in uncut gems thank you for letting me know that yeah. because i'm gonna avoid it you'll um, like it but it occasionally is in things racer. when there's like and a shootout in a restaurant you know what i mean like yeah. there's it happens in things and then i'm like because <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about the fish or i'm here's the thing everyone's like what is can you get to the first of all like, yeah. phobias are irrational and to some degree they're just stupid and weird and you can't do anything about it but i just imagine a fish like hitting me well, it's like dot, and it's just okay. the worst thing I can it's like imagine. A wet slime you're being so slapped with a fish. You watch too much Monty Python as a young child. A <laughs> it fish does slapping. Feel like such a like slapstick fear. Oh, like, God. like just like a big old angel fish. Like on no, because I was trying nobody to wants to get this phobia to someone, and they're sure. like. They were like, so, okay, so what happens? Like, the aquarium breaks and a fish touches you. Then what happens? I'm like, what do you mean? Then what happens? Yeah, That's that the be... worst thing That's I can imagine. Thing, yeah. Have, so, yeah, do if... you feel that way in the ocean, too, where you have, like, a fish like against your leg I or don't... something? But I feel I like do. in an ocean, you can choose to just not engage with it. I feel yeah, like and you're in their aquarium home. in a room and I'm like, something could go wrong so at any moment. Logically okay, speaking, if that's your biggest fear, you're very brave. And people who are afraid of things that are scarier are cowards, <laughs> right? If your biggest fear is something like that, that means oh. scale wise, because that's not like that's not going to kill you. Oh, that's wow. a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it might sound ridiculous, well, but, but also, I'm afraid of the ocean in general. So yeah. it's like that means I'm more of a coward. Yeah. I'm not, a, you know. Does that Impressive. make sense? Yeah, no, I yeah, get that logic. The math on it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Logic's well, important for fear. Uh, would you be <laughs> afraid of uh, being trapped in a cabin with your legs not working? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, mm, I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> there was part of me that's like, I would get so much writing done. I know. <laughs> I, had that I, exact I would have my yeah. next same. book done. It was such a. It's every once in a while, like someone gets sent to prison. You're like, that sounds good if I had a computer. I'm like, um, no, yeah, you don't actually want to be in prison. I just want like the version of prison that I want, which is just like <laughs> me being home and no one bothering. Isn't me. that the premise? Doesn't she want him to write something for her? The premise, you say? Well, I have uh, on, my original on. copy of uh, the 1990 VHS box. I love box. that you have that VHS. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what I rented from it broke recently, and I have oh. to get a new one because mm -hmm. the little arm is broken off of oh, it. That's a goddamn shame. Can I no. ask? Because I feel like you're a lot younger than me. Did you ever actually watch VHS? Yes, okay. I'm not a lot younger than you. I just uh, sleep all the time and only drink water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said you had no social media in high school. None of us had social media in high yeah. school. I yeah. always like, I'm the oldest person in the room because in LA that happens a lot. But it yeah. turns out all the time it's not true. No, it's and it really just makes weird for a really though. awkward follow-up conversation. Pete's 44. <laughs> you get don't discount a skin carotene is what I'm saying. So important. Um, also, we're all Benjamin Benjamin buttoning constantly. <laughs> right. Well, it is weird though when you're having an adult conversation and then the other person lets slip that they're like 20 and you're like, yes. how is this even legal that we're in the same room yeah. together? Yeah, well, it's For a bar. You're underage. I was like at a like I was doing a volunteer thing and like we're split up into groups and our group someone was like let's all do the thing where we go around and say how old we are and i'm like oh, i don't no. think we need to do that that's yeah. a thing and it was just like all these like guys who were like 21 and 22 and then i was up on Bryce, i'm 22 and I, I, and I was like 40 at the time and they were like oh well thank god you don't look like it and i was like no <laughs> but i am so for you were to god. react in that manner is saying that my actual age is horrifying they're like but don't worry you don't look like i'm like no but stop <laughs> Stop. I'm not yeah, worried. And also, no you're marching to the grave too, Bryce. <laughs> like, come on, who am With I? With that us? attitude, perhaps faster. Yeah, exactly. I'm 22 in four months. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what's great about misery is there's nobody young in it. Everyone I is love old that. Dirt. I mean, I like could save that for my like things I want to talk about later, but like. I, I love it. it so much that the youngest person I think is Kathy Bates and she's Who's late 30s? Yeah. 38, 39? It was like Kathy Bates looks so young and great in this. Um what <laughs> Uh okay, so she does look really young and great. This is actually her breakout role. 
And then she did uh, fried green tomatoes right after this. Mm. But yes, Santa brought me and my family, brought the whole family a VHS player uh, when I was like five or six. And then this wasn't one of the original tapes, but I do have my original E.T., which is oh one of the God, tapes that, that so Santa much. brought. With the green? Yeah. With, the, with green. the green. Yes. Yes. I had that too. I love that. It's my I've favorite thing ever. I've said that to so many people, and you're the first person who's acknowledged it because the green aspect of that VHS tape is what makes it so special to me. I carried it with me everywhere as a child. I relate also, to that too. I love that Orion Films is back because Orion oh, is yeah. who distributed that one, totally. and it's what I, I always think of E.T. when I see Orion films. The, oh, I, do they, are they about? using the same opening graphics? I love it. <laughs> yes, they are using the same opening, oh, opening yeah, graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so <laughs> I do have the synopsis right here. Okay, yes, so please. if you're not familiar with Misery, um, it is about Paul Sheldon, uh, very not loosely based on Stephen King himself, because he does most of his characters are writers. What? <laughs> um, so Paul Sheldon, can barely remember the fierce blizzard that sent his car skidding off the road into an almost fatal car crash or being nursed from unconsciousness. All he can remember is waking up to the worst nightmare of his life. That's when Paul Sheldon, acclaimed author of the Misery Chastain novels, meets Annie Wilkes, his self-confessed number one fan. Paul suspects a dark side to his good Samaritan because of her obsession with misery. But when she asks to read his latest novel, he invites her criticism. And it's an invitation he'll live to regret. What, so tell me, that, why is it a rule that when there's a movie about or a story about writers that the, the characters that the writers are writing about have dumber names than books in reality? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a serial of, like, would there be a super popular romance series named Misery? No. I was like, it couldn't quite get there. But then with like the mock-ups of the books, I was also like, God, those look so real. Like yeah, I was like, exactly. oh, I'm sort of buying into it. And the last name Chastain <laughs> is really so good. good. Oh yeah. And it's God. like the late 1800s. Good so Lord. I'm like, I guess I could believe that in like a, a post-Civil War times, some white lady was named Misery. Oh. <laughs> we'll make it positive. Yeah. So something to fight against. Uh, well, and another really, well, this is about good things in the movie, I guess, but uh, Annie, <laughs> Annie Wokes has a pig that she also names Misery. So there's also this like large rust color pig that is trotting I around the property. I also love how all little that has to okay. do with most of the film. And it's still, it feels so important that it's it there. It does. And every time, like towards the, towards the end, when things are really ramping up, there's just a scene of her walking around her farm with like the pig following her and i'm like oh man it's so sinister or just in the scrapbook there's just, <laughs> just like the random pig pictures, pictures of the pig <laughs> i was like is this symbolism what does the pig and this scrapbook page have to do with each other i don't think anything it did make me remember of how like again before digital media we're all like well i have a bunch of memories just throw them into one book doesn't need to make sense <laughs> now people like curate these beautiful scrapbooks i'm like I just feel like we just all threw shit in. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. I watched Cruel Intentions, and I was like, I'm going to make a scrapbook that's like uh, Ryan, whatever Amazing. his face Phillip, is. Yeah. Ryan Phillippe's scrapbook that's in so Cruel funny. Intentions. Was the pig in, was the, pig in the, uh, the Stephen King novel? Uh, do they mention I it like and in like the background? Yeah, my guess, it I had to offend because she owns a farm. She lives on a farm. Right, but do they mention the pig constantly? I don't know. Stephen King I would love that. Now, he know, mentions everything constantly. That's why I can't read his book. So that I'm assuming so. Sense. Um, okay. Listen, this is not a space to rag on Stephen King. I'm not rag. No, I think I know he's a great writer. I am acknowledging <laughs> that I don't have the you. attention span for Stephen King. Okay, well, how about this then? You don't read Stephen King, but why haven't you seen Misery? Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because it was R and I missed it as a kid. And I just didn't go back to it because it seemed like it was so like fucked up and hard to watch. I would say that it's actually not as fucked up as the name implies. I agree. Because my boyfriend didn't want to watch it. And I was like, it's actually very fun and not really. It's obviously a double meaning, but it's not like hostile or and something. And like clearly it's there's so much about it that's just like about being a writer and having pressure from what people expect from all the stuff that I feel like that stuff is bigger to me than any of the sort of like gore aspects or like. I don't know. I yes, I, I like agree. don't find it super scary. I just find it there's so much of it that's very funny and very clever. Hmm. And again, that you just like go through these things of like, I don't know. I kind of wish someone cared about one of my things that much to like. <laughs> yeah, um, she I like to it. be kidnapped. I mean, someone really has to. Your work has moved. Like on. the yeah, love they that care. they have for you to kidnap you. You know? Yeah. Oh gosh. Cozy. What about you? Why haven't you seen it? When did it come out? 1990. 1990. Uh, okay. Um, I was six. 
I was not interested in things. Um, and Nobody. Then, well, uh, Amy saw it in 1990. Her. I didn't see it in 1990. But I on VHS. It. So it's possible right. in 91. Because you know how sometimes. Yeah. It used VHS to be a longer window. That's true. It did used to take almost a year. I remember waiting so for Ace Ventura to come out on tape. It was so stressful. I would go to the video store every week because you didn't know. And I would check for a new release. Yes. Yes. I never did this. I memorized Get off the podcast, Cozy. You don't even love movies. Yeah. 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 I would get like the little folder or like the little pamphlet and then I'd like circle and I'm like, but Dumb and Dumber is coming out too. So just all Jim Carrey movies. 1994 was rough for me. Oh no. The Um, mask. I I would say under the, under the. uh, Holds up. That's good. I'm glad to hear that because I did like it. Uh, I would say that through the um, through the prism of uh, there's a better word for it. Uh, through the prism of that's a terrible word for it. Regardless, through the glasses of a six-year-old boy's face. Yeah, basically something like that. Um, through whatever angle, uh, I used to not watch any horror movies growing up at all, and I would avoid them. So I would imagine that uh, through like the horror angle, I probably would have avoided this one too. Um, that makes sense. I don't know if I really thought of it as a horror movie growing up. I don't. I, I just thought. I think I just saw uh, references to it, and I never was driven to see the movie by those references. They didn't like. Well, it's because we're watching Simpsons me. gags. Simpsons gags do so many Stephen King things. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, hopefully we can get you guys to agree to watch this film now. <laughs> we're gonna get into what uh, Amy and I's favorite reasons that we love this movie. And Amy, I'd love to hear from you first. Great. Uh, as we briefly discussed already. Nobody young is in this movie, and it's freaking great. It makes me so happy. And I don't, I also love that I was like, I watched this as like a 13 year old. And I think that's really cool that as like a child, I was like, movies do not have to have like young hot people in them. They do not have to cater me. They can still be super interesting. Yeah, never once was I like, old people, no thank you. I only want to see teens trapped in a cabin. They were amazing the entire time. Did you watch Sex in the City? Yeah. Okay. Funny McDougal. Yes. I could but like such a I was like totally different she's character so good. yeah she's amazing but and like, she like has like a uh, I don't know southern almost accent but right? I'm like you're in Colorado but it okay was, oh it's adorable I loved everything about that that like that whole side plot yes Great. that was actually I didn't this is like an honorary mention but I love that <laughs> sheriff and his wife the deputy are like the only people in this small town who are like the law and oh. they are like so in love and they bicker but in like this really cute way where you're like oh. ooh couples goals for it's my so 80s. good. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Who plays them? Well, uh, have you watched Stern Sex in the City? Hagen. That's oh, her name, right? Yes. Nice. And the man is actually, I feel like people know him, but I didn't. So I was like, uh, Richard Farnsworth. That sounds familiar yeah, to me. Yeah, it does. Oh, you know what else I didn't mention when I was talking about cast? Lauren Bacall is in this yes. movie. Yes. Oh. It's she's a small role, agent. but yeah. yeah. Okay. It's very funny. Uh, she's great in it too. She brings solid Lauren McCall. Oh vibes. my god! I was like, like my lit agent's great, but I was like, holy shit, Lauren McCall is a lit agent. <laughs> <laughs> Everything ideal. Um, all right. Well, my so one of my favorite things about this movie is that. Uh, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff to unpack with like femininity in it. The ways in which Annie um, attacks Paul, like she's a she's a killer, right? Like that's her whole thing. But the ways in which she kills are coded as distinctly feminine. So like her thing is like she obsessively like care gives him. Yes. And she's obsessed with romance, but she is very demure in that she's always covered up she isn't like traditionally sexy no and she's very concerned about like modesty exactly no bad language anything like that but she's obsessed with romance and Liberace which is really interesting because it's Mm. like of course a great weird reference I love that so much there's so much Liberace in this movie it's great Um, there's a uh, what is it called montage where he's writing it's just Liberace playing I love it (laughs) Um, so I really like that um all of her modes of terror as are coded as feminine and that she becomes this like monstrous female and like that's the ideas of there's a lot of stuff you can unpack with Stephen King because while he is a progressive voice in many ways a lot of his female characters are written in like a low-key unintentional misogynist way where he's like constantly showing yes. his hands about how he's scared of women mm. even though I don't think he or would ever sort say of like that. a shortcut for men to he, get a solution I mean, to something else uh, yes 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 exactly he was bullied by what is sisters or his babysitter or something what was that he was growing bullied up? by his babysitter <laughs> growing up <Aww>. it's in <laughs> his book on writing uh, which <laughs> I, I have read that. I haven't read his actual books but I've read his book on writing <laughs> 
No, Jesus I mean, Christ. everybody who's read Stephen King has read On Writing because it's like oh. considered to be one of the best oh, books sure. yeah. on writing. <laughs> What's um, it about? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I'm hitting the cats, eject cozy. button. It's about cats. <laughs> it's about it's cats. A picture. It's but just watch colors. that first page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skip the first page. Get to the middle and you'll oh, be man. safe. Now I really want to read that first page. <laughs> uh, Amy, what's your number two reason why we have to watch Misery? I really like that most of it is set in one room. Yes, like you feel the isolation and the like imprisonment of it just yes. by the fact that you don't like. It's not limited to just his POV, but it yes. is mostly within his POV. Yes, and it works so well to like isolate him, but it also like isolate you because you're just like, what? No, going you're with on? him the entire time. Yeah. I totally agree. Actually, I'll move mine up because I had that up for number four, which is that the tension in this movie is created in simple, small moments. Yes. I just, I love, I love how it's, at one point I was like, so we've like seen the agent's office. We've seen like the sheriff's like area, like, and like a couple all, small town, and, like, like the general store. Yeah. And that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. And and everything takes place on Annie Wilkes's. It's a farm, but it's like the house is a small house. Right. And his legs are decimated. <laughs> and so things will happen where he every small thing where he's learning to regain his body strength so he can try to escape her is filled with so much tension because it's just it's like him trying to move his leg. It's it's like oh, I love Kill Bill yeah, Two, where so, she's like, move your toe, move oh, the big so toe. Good. There's a similar overlap in the vibe of like, move your damn foot already. Uh, okay, nice. um, and I feel like 2019 yeah. was like the year of the, the tension builder film. Like we talked about tension so sure. much, especially with films that did and did not get nominations and mm. how effective they were at building tension. And this movie, while it is also, this is a different one, but it's very funny in parts, is so anxiety producing. Oh my God, just constantly. Authentically though. Yeah. I don't think it feels manipulative. I don't think it does either. Yeah, I just the whole time you're either like what's going to happen now or can this thing happen in the short amount of time that it needs to happen in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you're either in one, like you're either in one kind of anxiety or the other. Yes. Yes, but, exactly. But again, it's earned. Which is also like I this isn't really one of my things. This is just a thing I thought of. At one point I like I get fascinated by how quickly good movies set up everything mm. and I like and that's not always there's movies that are just like long and wandering and that's good too but when i like paused it at like 18 minutes and i was like everything's established and we are going already yes i love it i love it too you that's get like into it thing yeah yeah i it's just the right length of film and it it does not take its time in the best way do you know what i mean i totally agree and when it ends it ends also there's no like long drawn no, out and i love so, it yeah you're with it the entire like, time tiny little button yeah. yes mm-hmm. absolutely well what is what what's your third thing oh oh <laughs> I will say, like, I there's, like, there's all this, like, escapism stuff as a writer in a weird, like, I was, like, all the stuff I've been joking about, but for real. Because it's sort of, like, what if your, what if your worst fears as a writer came true? Because it's, like, to have someone so devoted to your work that they would kidnap you to... I'm sorry, there's a cat. And there's I'm just a cat. Like, so, I can't concentrate if there's a cat around no, she's, ever. She's oh, like, been so on the podcast. Be, I, was just, I was immediately like, oh my God, did they put an aquarium next to the bed and then pop holes in it? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I w- like, what if someone did make me work on a book every day? I would write it really fast. And like, the passion of someone not liking what happened in, um, like, we've all read the last book in a series, right? And been like, what the fuck was yeah, this author thinking? Sure. And yeah. like, I'm like, I get it, Annie. Yeah. Yes. So exactly. it's just sort of like all this really fun, like, worst case scenario writing and reading mm-hmm. like love of books and love of writing things where I just I love I loved all that so much yes absolutely and I will say I think that that is something that Stephen King is just a master of is like people tease him about he always writes about writers and about writing but like honestly it's the thing that he is a fucking genius about he gets it too he I knows mean, every aspect oh, yes. of it so he can really hone in on like what's the worst thing that could happen and then he also so he said that Annie Wilkes is supposed to be like he was struggling with addiction at that point and he saw that as his drug addiction and that he couldn't get out of it and it was like the thing that knew everything about him and his addiction was his biggest fan and he didn't want to let him grow at all or change at all and that's that's so interesting Annie Wilkes's thing is like keeping Paul in inertia and like every time she's very friendly and demure and romantic until he starts to try to grow or stretch at all and that's when her like chaos kind of comes forth 
What's your next thing? Oh, yeah. My next thing is, okay, I moved on. I'm obsessed with the camera angles in this film. I am so obsessed with them that I multiply, multiple times while watching it, I'm like, and that's a great shot. Oh, and that's yeah. a great <laughs> shot. I am obsessed with the way this film is shot. And that's something I did not appreciate the last time that I watched it. But the close-ups in this film are so intense and they are used so perfectly. Or just like weird shots where you can see like how low he is on the floor. Yeah. Or like how... Like, again, how isolated he is in a court. Mm -hmm. Like, it just really, it's it sets up his character. It sets up the situation. Yeah, the camera goes all over the room, which is cool because you see the room from a lot of different angles. But then it also shows you how small the room is. Because yeah. it's, like, always right on top of him, no matter what corner of the room the camera is in, which is really interesting. Um, and there's a lot. Uh, so when she starts to lose control, the camera goes from, like, uh, kind of straight on her it's like a medium shot to like a low camera angle and so all of a sudden you're in his position in bed looking up at her and she's like this towering evil angry force who's like his entire livelihood is like in her hands and she just starts to get more and more chaotic and it's just like she's looming over the viewer and it is so fucking intense and then when she gets quietly crazy it does these big close-ups on her and it's tight around and it's just her face like in there saying really fucking weird shit yes she won't swear but she says these bizarre like mock swear words and like cock like, duty that sounds familiar so much weirder like i think it's swearing. more upsetting yes yeah oh it's a dirty he called it he like a dirty bird. dirty birdie yeah you're a little dirty birdie yeah i feel like i've like, seen like oh. these clips and they're great <laughs> so Vomit. chilling it's, it's so gross cool. uh number four Oh my god! I just I like I had it in my head, and then for some reason it came out of my head. No, that's <laughs> Give okay. Me one second, while I think more. Uh, oh my god! Isn't it scary when that happens? It's no, that's my okay. Old age kicking in. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Oh, so I was real nervous about watching it today because I haven't seen it in a while, mm. and I was like, we're all scared. I think to watch things we used to like because we're like, <laughs> what's gonna be really problematic? About right? This? Like yeah. what? Yeah. Rapist is in this. Short this didn't circuit. Feel for oh. being like man versus woman in a certain way and woman being a villain, it didn't feel sexist to me. She just felt like a weird villain. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Nice. Like, I'm yes. not saying it's, is it like a perfect movie in that way? Probably not. There's some, there's probably weird stuff if we wanted to analyze it more. Yeah, there's actually a really good uh, article that I got super obsessed with reading today and I couldn't finish it because it's like a scholarly paper that you can find it online. It's called Your Legs Must Be Singing Grand Opera, Masculinity, Masochism, and Stephen King's Misery. It's by Douglas Kesey. And if you really want to get into the like intensity and the different like roles of her as like a caregiver and how it's like mothers are scary to Stephen King, you can get into it with this analysis. Ooh, that's fascinating. It's really, really good. I super recommend it. I'll link it when this goes live. Um, but I don't think there's a ton of really interesting critical analysis for this film. But as you're watching it, you don't feel like he hates women. No, it, it really it just it, I think there's ways it could. Of course, anytime you have like a caregiver person being a villain, there's really I think there's interesting lots to, especially stuff to pick when it's apart. him, mm -hmm. when it's Stephen King behind it, you're like, well, there's some stuff to unpack, buddy. <laughs> but, Definitely. But and as a like piece a of art on its own, I don't think it came off that way. Yes. And I was really refreshed by that because I was so like, again, it's that thing of like, I love this thing. And then you rewatch it and you're like, this thing's racist and sexist. And now my childhood's sad. Yeah. Like this thing hates me being yes, alive. Yes. And I just... I kept waiting for like more like just women jokes. I kept waiting for like fat jokes. It was just like not like that at all. No, I think the book is actually a little more misogynist. I think so too. The, there's a part I don't like, but I don't want to give it away. But like in the final battle, there's some like oral sex stuff in it that I coded uh, behavior sure. that I made me feel not great. But um, I don't think that there's like a larger no, problematic situation like with made, it. It felt like more people involved with it were like we don't hate women yeah it felt like they were like this is fucked up but they didn't really think about like well the implication of trying yeah. to get a woman to stop talking in this way that emulates oral sex in a violent situation <laughs> but again there's a lot of interesting pick aparts that you can do but i don't think any of it like you were saying there's nothing there's, extremely exactly. upsetting about it in a social way <laughs> Um, my number four is that there's a lot of moments of gallows humor and I laughed oh, that a lot. number five. It's oh, so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's it purposely not, um, yes. not, not in a way where you're like, oh, they fucked that up. Ha ha ha. No, it's funny in all sorts of different ways. Cause it's mm -hmm. just, first of all, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's just lots of like, there's just good jokes in it, but then yes. it's also the situ. It's like, they know the situ. He knows 
James Conn's character knows the situation he's in is ridiculous. And he, like, I hate watching a movie where someone's in a crazy situation and they're like, well, this thing again. This happens. Like, you're like, no, this is nuts. And, like, his face all the time is just like, who have I become? But then also sort of <laughs> yeah. when he gives into it, it's like, I'm just going to write this book. It's, like, amazing. Yeah, and he really, you for a while, he kind of, like, he's, like, rewriting um, the last mystery, Misery Chastain book because uh, Annie doesn't like the way that he wrote it. I can relate to that. And so he's yeah. like, she's holding him captive to write That's the sure. thing. a That's new version. Relatable I'm going to do that with uh, Chris Terrio in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, you know, I Watch out, be, Chris. Uh, I'm you, coming for you. You need to see this podcast without a Star Wars reference that I did not ask for. <laughs> um, it's, I think as uh, we're all comedy writers, so I think everybody here will be able to appreciate how funny the writing is and like just really good dark jokes yeah nice. i like that um and none of it feels it's all very grounded none of it's winky which i really like too it's, because it the yeah. terror is real and the humor of the terror is also real it just i mean i don't know we've all been in stressful situations right these feel like the kind of jokes and things you say when yeah. you're in stressful situations well, and there's like an element of existentialism and like pushing a rock up a hill of this too where it's like every time he tries to be like this will get me out of it it yes. gets worse somehow. And so he knows the absurdity of the situation. And he's like, his methods, like, he's like, a lot of them, he's like, oh, can't believe that actually worked. Like, he's just trying everything. Yeah, he's trying to escape. And every little thing he does, each time something works or doesn't work, he's like, has a reaction that's very. He has a reaction like a real human. Yeah, yeah. genuine and enjoyable. Um, well, that's mine... when I'm kind of glad he's not like, like, on one hand, it would be great to get like, like a capital A actor in there doing this role. Yeah. But I kind of like that he's just a guy who's like, well, well, that worked. Let's yeah, see what happens James next. Yeah, James Conn is like an everyman who really is underappreciated for yeah, that ability. Fast. Like, you, I don't think you want someone overacting in this role. I think that would be the death of it. Yeah. Because Kathy Bates is so large that you can't have somebody acting at the level that she's acting. Oh, God, it would be insufferable well and that's my number five <laughs> is that kathy bates is amazing and the way that she flips from demure to vicious out of seemingly nowhere is very interesting Ooh. and actually scary and I, in the beginning the first time she like shows her hand i was like see this is like what tony collette did in hereditary we couldn't give her the role but then as the movie continued i was like this is stronger no she mm. pushes it beyond she's yeah and it's like tony collette did deserve a nomination at the very Tony least. Tony Collette deserves every nomination. Everything. Every time she does anything, give her something. She needs <laughs> oh, a gift. I love her so much. Um, but definitely, like, Kathy Bates takes it to a level where you're just like, she is insane. Like, is this woman in real yes. life insane? And wow. We've... It's, it's very and good. And if at any point in your life you dealt with anyone in any sort of, like, emotionally abusive situation, and you, like, watch them, like, do that thing where they, they turn. Yes. Yeah. It is... There's a, there's a sense of despite that her performance as you said it's super large it's really over the top but it's also so real mm -hmm. it feels like what a real abuser does to someone yeah you know what I mean? yeah she never says this exactly but there's several moments of like well i wouldn't have had to do this if you hadn't done this oh no and so Ooh, it's like yeah rough. without yeah. being kind of that cheesy story no. of the week um all right well those are our five reasons are you guys convinced are you going to watch it? Yeah. I mean, I, I told you beforehand that I, this has been on my list for a while. I'm surprised I haven't seen it, but I am more intrigued Look, now. I didn't know it was funny. There's always I a didn't. way that we could turn you off of wanting to see something. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I didn't know it was funny. I didn't know. I actually, I don't know how I didn't know Rob Reiner directed it. I know. I think we sold you with Rob Reiner. Yeah, I that was, I mean, I love it, Rob Reiner. When I was watching it earlier and I saw his name, I was like, oh, you know what? Kind of forgot about that. Because oh, it I does feel remember. like such a weird departure for him, but also it doesn't. It the actual is, film does not seem like a departure. It feels like Rob Reiner when yeah. you're watching it. It has all of the hallmarks of it. It's just him sort of like, I don't know, chaotic. After, like there's a scene where his mom is in it and she turns to James Caan in the bed and says, I'll have what she's having. Is that, yes. that, it's got the... <laughs> yeah, it's that thing that he does oh in every movie yeah, yeah. where it's that orgasm scene. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Cozy? You're the black sheep, so... Sure. Uh, well, originally, I was definitely not feeling convinced. I wasn't super excited about Misery. It felt uh, it felt a little boring because uh, I think that the scene that everybody references feels like... I was like, okay, but what else is in the movie? That's and the thing. That scene is, is gross, the movie, but it sounds like. it's not at all. Like, that scene is at the very end, and it's like, well, that was horrible, but it... 
I don't. It doesn't. It's not. Well, I mean, well, it's, even, it's like a. It's like the most heightened version of something that happens, but also not even something that's happening a lot. Yeah, it's much more verbal than any sort of like body horror or visual horror. Now, yeah, it's all about writing, and I know you love good writing. I do, and uh, and that does make me interested in seeing it. I think a movie about writing on some level and any level, especially, I'm like, sure, I'd be down with that. And uh, anything with dark comedy, I'm super into. I feel like this is a dark comedy. I like I that agree. a lot. But I mean, some, I the best horror, horror is funny, also, though. To me, I'm like, to me, this is like a comedy that also has some bodily horror. mutilation and apparently it's just like yeah. in it. I yeah. would say that the okay. violence in it, though, is like it's minimal. A quarter of the film or uh, 16th <laughs> it's just of the a film? quarter of the movie. No, it's, it's just is. not a big. No, it's, I'm just trying to say much. what I'm trying to say is, look, I'm not good at math. And if you don't know that already, then I don't know why we're friends. I'm trying to say it's a sliver. Like if you're yeah. looking at it, should I do a pie metaphor? It's like, like, like a, a sliver. quarter in width. You it's mean like, the coin? Yeah, exactly. And like I, a coin. And also, like, it's space. She's amazing. Out. You kind Saved of, you. It's just you not the me. purpose you of owe it. Me for yeah. That one. Oh, no. <laughs> it's much more psychological. Oh, it's about psychological yeah. horror. Yeah, more right. than anything else. Huh. It's a thriller. Sure. You know, um, I'd be. How many scenes is the pig in? That pig oh, sounds the pig's so in at least five scenes. Okay, and I'm in. That pig sounds great. I don't Jesus. know what your opinions on movie length are. It's under two hours. It's yes, a selling point for me. That, I agree. Anything under two was hours. Was it 97 minutes? No, it's like 148. Let me look at my VHS. 148 no, over two hours. Two, I think it's an hour and 48. That's what no, I No, it is. It's like an, it is because I remember having this conversation with my boyfriend last night. And I was like, it's almost over. It's only 48 minutes left. And he's like, that was specific. But because <laughs> yeah. it's like an hour. No, I did the thing where when I started it, because it, I watched it on Showtime and I like paused it to see where it was. But yeah. Yes. Oh, it's on show. If you I, have Showtime, everyone. Yes, I watched it on Showtime too. caught up on the L word, you my, can watch Misery. Because my tape was broken. Aww. But yeah, if there's an ominous pig in it, sure, I'll check it out. Ominous pig for the win. All right. <laughs> we have two people mostly convinced. Uh, now we're going to slide. I'm fully convinced. Okay. You're fully convinced. <laughs> Pete, what did you, what did our audio engineer Pete think? He would like Yay. to watch it. All right. Awesome. We will check back in with you guys soon. <laughs> you guys um, want to watch it together? Because I heard Misery. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, oh. I feel like there also could have been a musical theater joke in that, right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, what did you guys watch this week? Anything good? Uh, yeah, I saw 1917. I saw 1917. What I don't know when this episode drops, it might win the Oscar for Best Picture by the time people When does the this. Oscars come out? Or whatever the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you February, for that. I like that. Uh, Into it. Cool. Something. So you know if you've watched the Oscars or not. I would be fine with it winning Best Picture, but I know all kinds of people are like, war film. It is not a war film. It is an intimate thriller. It's definitely an anti-war film, if anything. Bald, and I was not prepared to give a shit about this movie until I learned about like the single take, and I was just going into it for the cinematic reasons. And then I immediately bonded with the two main characters, and I thought it was one of the best films I've ever seen. God, it yeah. is a nice. perfect film. It's the third film this year that I sat through the end credits just crying. Oh, or, which well, <laughs> guys, I had no interest in watching this before, and I literally am like, actually, sounds really great. <laughs> well, it's I think it's a so great beautiful. one to it's go one of the most off beautifully of misery shot because things. yes, it's beautifully shot, but the the tension yes. in it, the tension when people again, I hate uncut gems, and I've got in several fights with people already about it. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That tension is manufactured with loud noises and screaming. Mm. This tension is so beautifully <laughs> crafted through actual filmmaking. It's quiet. And not it's... just people yelling that it's, yeah, it's quiet. It's weirdly very quiet. It's not about, it's like about war, but not about war. I'm super intrigued now. Oh, I'm so sorry, Pete. You it's love li- Uncut Gems, don't you? I'm sorry. It wasn't about... He's over there crushing his coffee. (laughs) I'm so sorry. He's like, Adam Sandler! I just feel like I need a space to not like this movie. People like it too much. I get it. I feel that way about all movies that are out right now. Oh, no. I'm in Cozy's Court. This is not what I wanted. Welcome welcome to this terrible world. Uh, Amy, Uh, did you see anything good this week? No, I just got done with my book tour. So I've like not been watching... Nothing like shitty in a hotel room? No... I like when I'm like in a hotel room I or on a friend's couch I do like all my like comfort viewing um one thing I've been doing the last few weeks is rewatching one of my very favorite series the uh, speaking of tension the Americans I love the Americans which I love so much and Highly so I've recommend. been watching a lot of that and real like it's just one of those things when you haven't seen something you love in a while and then you rewatch it you're like it's just as good if oh, not better than I remember it's a perfect but show. it's also I've heard that a lot yeah. I've, it's interesting it. in a show that's a very all about a lot of it it's very smart it's about relationships it's about history 
it also like is so much tension in it and there's so much plot it's like non-stop and tension it's interesting when you come back to it and you know how everything like goes how you like i still get like so upset and worked up but i'm like but you know what's gonna happen no you know, it doesn't this, matter yeah, it's like i just need them to love each other so badly it oh hurts. my god <laughs> i'm like i don't care about the missions i just care <laughs> about your love for each other carrie russell open up Ugh. um like sometimes like her eyes look more open than like she's such a good actress that she can so like good. when she looks at him a certain way i'm like it's okay now elizabeth she's is down with philip now him. it's like oh my god it's great i highly recommend cozy did you see any live performances that you want to recommend this week <laughs> thank you for that because i don't really see stuff uh very often I did. I saw something this week, but I don't want to recommend it. I'd rather recommend something I like. You know, I'd rather <laughs> oh, see shit. And like that Reco- one was fine, but like I don't see things I love all the time. I see things, and then sometimes they suck, and I don't want to talk about those. Well, I tell us what you like. like. Is the thing that it was something that everybody else likes? No, okay. not this time. This is something that most people. That doesn't matter. <laughs> well, what did you like? Tell us. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, something that Misery made me think of, which is the TV show The Critic, which is the first it time stinks. I saw. Uh, yeah, uh, but the show itself is fantastic. Um, uh, for those who haven't seen it, The Critic is a fantastic animated show starring John Lovitz about movies. Yeah, yeah, it really absolutely. is delightful. Yeah, and that's where I probably learned most of my movie references and of a movies I never crossover saw. Crossover episode. Yes, that's a beautiful really thing. But also, the entire episode about misery, the entire episode making fun of misery, is amazing. I've never seen it. Oh my god, I'm so excited for you. Buy where my is... book. Buy my book. Where is? <laughs> yeah. Where is? Where is it? Where can I see the critic? Where can is you it see the critic? I think you probably watch it for free on YouTube. At I was going to say, I will okay. Google it. I bet it'll come up. Somehow. All right, I, I want to watch the critic. I normally support people should. trying to like watch things for real, but I'm like, when something's like that old and hard to try, I'm like, yeah. Just no, Google I need it. to so find because I've only watched it. it. That only, was one of those things where I was too young to watch it, and oh, I only watched a little bit of it. Oh, it's only two seasons. My parents let me watch it because I already because I love movies so much. I don't know why I wasn't allowed to watch it. I was. I think it was. It wasn't even. Bad. It was like TVPG. I feel like no. I, if I look back at like what I was and not allowed to watch, I'm like, I don't find the rhyme or reason. No, yeah, they no. were oh, shooting totally. in the dark. It's all it was just like, it's I don't know, this is too or much. Like, violence was bad, but swearing and sex sure, were fine. Or like, oh, I, I heard a, I heard a rumor really that this was bad, so you can't watch it. And I'm yeah. like, then you watch it later. Like, my mom oh, yeah. didn't like, like anything that was like they kill cops in this movie, and cops are neighborhood protectors. Like, we have to respect adults in this house. Oh, no. Oh, Bad God. things happen to adults in this house. So movie. she doesn't like RoboCop? I, no, I don't know. I don't think my mom's ever seen RoboCop. The amount of times I've tried to get her to watch it, still won't watch it. Linda, I'm watch it personally, RoboCop. Linda. Hashtag all RoboCops are bad. Right, have you? <laughs> I forgot about that hashtag. Hashtag all RoboCops are bad. Um, <laughs> you can use that hashtag on Twitter or Instagram, where you can also follow us at need to see pod. That's right. I changed our Instagram handle, so it matched our Twitter handle, because why did I make that choice to I made one. mine different and I've decided to like I'm like I'll never change this just Feels to make people so learn to dumb I know oh. they're never gonna learn to nobody I'm follows on done. both anyway though do that's they? just different people I also feel like things. you can just type in my full human name and mm. my accounts it. come up so well, well, well there you well, go if you have full seen human name somebody here's an imposter <laughs> Yeah, we, I we just caught you in a slip. A replicant. <laughs> oh, we have to retire another. Uh, we keep trying. All right, like guys. Tears if you, in the rain. If you've seen Misery, will you let us know? You can hit us up at Need to See Pod on Twitter or Instagram. Or, or you can join our Facebook group that Cozy started. And you can discuss all the films there. Um, you can follow me on uh, both places at LTB Comedy. <laughs> Not Facebook. Never look me up on Facebook, you fucking freaks. Uh, where can people find you, Amy? On Twitter, I'm the Ames. On Instagram, I'm that Ames. Oh, I what do the? like that. Whoa. It's just a little different. I now like there's two to Ames. People. It's Nick, just where can enough to make it really complicated. <laughs> That's perfect. And uh, is your book out now, right? It's out. It's in stores. It's online. It's wherever. I was going to say, most places books are sold. Yeah, get it. Buy your book. Buy her book. Yes. We used to be friends. Buy it. Also, theamyspalding.com. That's correct. Has all your books and all your information. And Absolutely. You can uh, support Amy. She's an independent artist who's making important work and she's really funny on Twitter. Amy is so great. I'm so happy that you're here. Thanks so much for having me. Of this course. So great. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Nick, people can follow you at. Oh, yeah. Nick JS on Twitter. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you can find Cozy at the clubhouse in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Every um, Wednesday. Every other Wednesday. Every Mid- second Wednesday and every fourth Wednesday. <laughs> How guys, do I not fucking know this by now? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know you're sick of fucking hearing it, but we need people to find us, and the algorithm is yeah, real. That. 
Okay, so rate, review, and subscribe. We'll read your fucking name on the air. What could be better than that? Thanks so much to our sound <laughs> engineer, Pete Burns. I'm sorry I don't like Uncut Gems. Yeah, thank thank you. you for listening to You, you Need, need to, to See, see This. this. I stood right up and started shouting, this isn't what happened last week. Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated us. This isn't fair. He didn't get out of the cock-a-doody car.